As an industry, we've made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance, and their successes or failures, but there's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James, and welcome to Dev Diary, a series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of the people behind the games as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows, and everywhere in between. In this episode, I'm joined by Martho Girani, current designer and community manager at Thinking Stars, so join us as we explore his journey. So today I'm joined by Martha. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Thank you. Good, good to hear. Thanks for coming aboard. We've we've been uh, back and forth a little bit for a, for a while in and around a very busy launch period for you. Um, so it's it's great to have been able to put this one together and get to have a chat. Yes, yes, very very cool. Things have slowed. I guess roughly a week after after the launch of Anno uh, Mutation, and so. Things are starting to, uh, to slow down a little bit now, which is uh, also nice. Hasn't stopped you from getting your coffee. It's clearly still busy enough that you need that coffee by your side for, uh, for this and to carry you through. But it, it, we were <laughs> chatting a little bit and it has been a busy time post-launch. So thank you very much for giving me your time for the show. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. No, not a problem. In this Dev Diary, a series where we talk to developers from throughout the industry, they share their stories, their experiences, and the journey has led to this current point in time. But before we get to the likes of Anno and several other games you've worked on over the journey, I wanted to rewind to an earlier point to, to when you might have first discovered games. Do you recall what the first game was that you ever played or even, I guess, watched on as someone played? Yeah. Funny enough, I noticed I had like, the, the more you go back, the, the hazier your memories become until they sort of like dissolve between, like you don't exactly know if it was like you dream that, but you make it up, it was a memory. But my game memories are very clear. Like I think they are amongst the most clear that I have from my early uh, memories. You may both. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. It's sort of an impression that it makes, I guess, at the, <laughs> on a young and naive mind or whatever. Impressionable, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, like I like. Sorry. Uh, impressionable. Oh yeah. Those impressionable, impressionable yeah. minds that we have. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm, I'm 38, um, so I go, like, when I started playing games, it was like my dad, who used to work at IBM, and he, um, he brought home, like, these old PCs, like, 286, 386, yeah. uh, and I just remember, there were a bunch of, like, CGA and ETA uh, games, there was, like, Alicat, I remember there was, like, Le- uh, <laughs> um, what's it called again? Co- um, Something like it's not Kalabanga because that's Kalabanga because it's the turtles, but something like Coco Bunga or something. It was like oh, okay, a jungle yeah. game. Oh, yeah, yeah. A frogger, uh, yeah, frogger is um, a classic, yeah. So that's stuff that I remember like seeing as early as that. I think then it was just really fun. I mean, it was just something like just like you watch like a children's show, like a, a cartoon or something, but I remember from like Prince of Persia and Monkey Island that it really started oh, yeah. to become. This whole because then he had to. I mean, Frogger, like Frogger is known for many things, but not for its intrinsic in uh, for its deep story. <laughs> uh, but then with Prince of Persia came this whole thing, and then of course the Lucas Arts Adventure games. Uh, I didn't. My parents didn't allow me to own uh, like consoles. Yeah. Like I could just have. A, I could just play PC, and like I remember like one hour or something a week on Saturday. 
which was sort of like a game time, <laughs> like a holy hour. <laughs> yeah, um, and I just, I just remember playing like Prince of Persia one, two. Yeah. No, I mean some fantastic titles to start on, and how how did things develop from there? So once you, I guess you were old enough to have your own console, or or at least have ready access to consoles and more PC games potentially. Were there any franchises or specific titles that you really found yourself interested in? Yeah, I, I'd almost say like tons. Like I remember, I, I remember like um, um, like playing Daggerfall for the first time. So the oh yeah. This, 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 I guess part, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess the I never played the first one, but I think it was like the second installment, right, of the yeah. of the series. Yeah, Daggerfall was the second. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Daggerfall was like that was like a mind trip. Like, um, that was like I was there, there was a point that I was so invested, and I already like the, the, I could play more than one hour per week. <laughs> so that was just nonstop. It was. It, it's funny because if you're like my age, then it's all. Like you, you went through both the both the online uh, and the no line or offline yeah. period, uh, and I have very good memories, of course, from both sides. But that's it's really in that time that there were no patches and there were like all these weird, uh, no weird games. There were all these always mysterious games that you saw through. A, how do you say this? You saw through a magazine or whatever, and yeah. there were all these legendary like, stuff you can play. So yeah. Uh, it's funny, by the way, they were talking about this because I remember at an early age, I had like I, I, I read like Dutch magazine. Oh, I'm from Holland, by the way. Yeah. So in Holland, you had like one one magazine, uh, gaming magazine at the time, uh, and it would sometimes it would it would mention like Famitsu, uh, uh, which I didn't really understand. Yes, and that was really cool because I have one next to me here now with those that are on there. Oh yeah, okay, nice. Uh, and we have. Yeah, and we have like a little review here, and we got like a little award, which is really cool because you asked me about like way back, and I <laughs> I remember finding two from way back. <laughs> I just didn't realize that uh, our game would be in there someday. So that's super. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's that's really really cool, and I guess a little note to the uh, the Daggerfall side of things. Good luck to anyone who tries to play any Elder Scrolls game with only one hour of game time each week. I'm glad I'm glad things freed up for you a little bit by that stage. <laughs> <laughs> I just spent I spent one hour every time like starting up the game I think, <laughs> <laughs> and so you finished the game four years later. <laughs> I don't think I ever finished. I think it finished me. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean some of those early some of those early Elder Scrolls titles with far less hand holding. It's a bit of a it's, it's, bit of an ordeal for people. Uh, there were, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were all these bugs which which I remember I just incorporated into the experience. I was like, I remember there was this bug where you, if you, if you met this license trove or this werewolf type, the game would just freeze. So I would see any kind of enemy with different levels and I'd be okay with it. But if I saw the license trove, I started running. <laughs> the game would just stop. <laughs> it bit me. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, was there yeah. a game at all, or maybe even a collection of games that you identify as being really important to putting you on the path to actually pursue getting involved in the creation and, and release of games? Oh, that's a good question. Like, no, really, because I, 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 I entered game development like pretty, or the game industry like pretty late. Like, my, I, start, I studied something completely different in, uh, in university, and I always had more with like. Um, if I thought about a creative job, so to speak, I would always think about like movies, never about yeah. games. Games are always on, on the side. And then I then I rolled into publishing. Well, I moved after I moved to China, um, like uh, uh, now 
quite a few years uh, back. Um, so I don't. There's nothing like I don't have any memories from the time like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna make this game I'm gonna do this. But I what I do what I do realize is there there was like a group of games um, which had like which really influenced me when when working on Anno and those were were games like. I mean, it's not a, it's not a category. It's not like oh, this this category of game, but it was just games. Whether they're from the US or Japan, if it's, whether it's Final Fantasy VII or uh, now I'm thinking about the Blade the Blade Runner adventure oh, yeah. game from Westwood, oh, um, which just which just had so many details and fun random stuff in there. Oh, actually, if I can say one game, maybe, and that's one, that's it's funny because it's completely removed from 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 Anno in a way. Uh, it's it's Planescape Torment. Oh yeah, great game. Yeah, so that and that's the, because first of all the story was just insane, but it really, it really sort of, I wouldn't say broke the fourth wall, but it did a lot of weird stuff. Um, and that's that's something which I always admired in games, and which sort of like came back to me during this process. Whether it's the first met, the first and the second Metal Gear Solid or Planescape Torment or stuff, I just liked when games did all sorts of weird things on the side. So you have your story, you have your characters, you have your HP. But then there's this weird character which tells you he's from this other dimension, and he, his name is just one letter, and you're like, whoa! And then he disappears. Like that sort of that sort of mystery, I always really liked in uh, uh, in games. Mm. Yeah, and I guess like you referenced, kind of breaking the fourth wall, and characters like that open up a lot of opportunities for that sort of thing. That doesn't have to be what we typically think about as of you know breaking the fourth wall, which is kind of acknowledging the person on the other side of the screen and you know that wink, wink, nudge, nudge sort of hey you the player sort of thing, but actually just referencing things that are totally disconnected in in really weird and wonderful ways. It's it's, it's yeah, not just that stereotypical just, approach. Exactly, like I just used for one. That's that's a little. I mean, that you can do that once and then then it's over, right? And it's just you broke it and then you can do it again. But it's usually not that interesting. Yeah, I guess a better way to describe it is just this this sort of mystery behind the game, which is something which happens in the game uh, and of course also happens in the in the player's mind, right? So I mean, people often say like, yeah, I prefer books because then I can imagine a lot of stuff. But to be honest, if you grew up with games from from way back, you you, you did it anyway the whole time. Like I made up a lot of stuff about like 2D 2D games, and I saw this cityscape on the background, and not understanding anything about games, I was like, wow, I really wonder what's going on in that night city there, right? That, that sort of stuff, which is sort of inspires or inspires, it sort of um, how do you say it? Activates your imagination, uh, and and games like Planescape Torment, for example, did it really well, really really dig that. Mm. No, it's it's a fantastic game, so awesome choice. Um, how did the journey actually begin into games though? So as you said, it wasn't necessarily at the forefront. There were other ideas, but you obviously had a passion for games that you'd built through playing lots of them over the years. How did, how did that first opportunity actually emerge for you? Uh, yeah, so I, when, I, when I studied, uh, so I studied uh, Chinese language and culture at university for quite a few years. Uh, and then I, after the, after that, I moved to China, and I sort of, sort of, my first job was actually like in translation at a game company, which then I moved into like game publishing of uh, uh, console games in China, which were, which was then we're talking about like 2015, which was relatively new in China because of the whole, uh, yeah, just because of the of the of the status. Is here. that Oasis uh, Games? Yes. Yes. Yep. Correct. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, so we, we did a bunch of games there, and we did like the, the PlayStation VR just came out, and we had like a bunch of VR games and stuff, like all, all home red, so to speak. Um, and so I did that for a while, uh, and then I moved on to, to Thinking Stars, uh, two and a half years now. Yep. Uh, and for for basically sort of sort of part game development uh, and part like sort of reaching out to people doing Twitter and stuff and then it sort of sort of moved from there to more like game uh, game design parts. Mm. Yeah, okay. That I mean, it's a it's a really cool balance, I guess. Um, I don't want to jump too ahead to the the Addo side of things and what you're doing on the Thinking Star side just yet mm. but that that yeah that balance of kind of sure. active development versus that communications and kind of pr and engagement with community and those sorts of things it's a it's a really interesting balance i suppose that um and kind of getting to develop i mean we so often kind of find just from past guests that i've had on the show they kind of develop in their bubble or whatever they've got their their design documents and they're kind of adhering to those and you don't necessarily come up for air until either there's a big moment say we're taking our game to E3 or we're showing it off at the Game Awards or whatever, or, you know, some Nintendo Direct or whatever the case happens to be. Um, uh, or they don't get that feedback at all until the very, very end of the game's actually out there. So uh, to be able to dip your toes in and kind of see what the, the world is saying or the players are saying while you're still actively developing must be a, a very cool position for you personally to be in. Yeah, I mean, it makes all the difference, right? Like, I, we had, like, a demo up, like, about two years ago. It was, like, our first sort of public thing. Uh, and people really, like, took to the game, but they had, like, tons of stuff. And we were like, holy shit, why didn't we think of that? <laughs> right? It was like, yeah. every now, like why didn't we think of that? Uh, and you don't. Just don't think of that because you're always too busy and doing stuff. You have to think about other things. Uh, or it's just something that you as a player don't really, really like, uh, for some reason, uh, notice. But then there's other people, like, or a lot of people, Hey, why don't you change this a bit or do that? So yeah, it's really important. Uh, and then and then there's the reality of being in a uh, being in a very different location. And it's yeah. not like if I was in Europe or perhaps in Japan or, or US, where where you're a little bit closer to everybody and uh, maybe you can. Uh, it's a little bit easier to to. Uh, of course, COVID changed a lot, but it's a little bit easier to participate in some stuff. Yeah. Um, or people have like a certain idea, like okay, this this region of the world comes with this side of games and this region, this kind of games. Uh, and when China is obviously because it's a, it's a little bit of a like a brave new world console game um, here, even though like there's a lot of cool stuff coming out there for, for quite some time. Now it's it's compared to the other to the to the other regions, it's a, a relative newcomer. Uh, so then you really need to you, you you don't have a choice like unless you just make like the best game ever then okay fine then you don't need to do that but uh, apart for the rest of us you just you, you need to start this and let people know and see what people think uh, etc et yeah no, and I guess rewinding back to that one of the first comments you made there so the actual move to China in the first place what what prompted that for you you'd obviously you'd done a bit of study but what actually prompted the specific move over. Yeah, I was just I, I so I I, I, I had uh, I had like spent a year here for like language uh, like just learning learning more about uh, yeah. Mandarin Chinese, uh, and then after I went back and I was working in in Holland, I just decided to uh, uh, I just decided I to have a change. I just wanted to, yeah. I, to, to be honest, I just I just want to, <laughs> my plan was just have like a two week holiday, but then I when I was there, I was like, hey, I. 
might as well like look around. Like I speak the language, so that's like some of the the barriers uh, um, I've already overcome. And then and then it was really like totally unplanned. One thing leads to another cliche thing which did most of my life. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but it, it ended up with like a two two D three D anime cyberpunk game. So I'm not complaining. Yeah, I mean it's all pretty cool, right? <laughs> So Oasis, mm. you were there for quite a while, and as you mentioned, you worked on a lot of a lot of VR titles. What was it like? Um, I mean, this is again you've spoken about as a as a region. You know, the Ch- uh, Chinese development scene is very much, and I guess still to this day, is still fairly well in its in its infancy. But then you're working with technology, or you're working with teams that are working with technology that is right at the tip of the spear in terms of virtual reality. What was that like as everyone's trying to... I mean, I guess there's a lot of people that don't necessarily have the, the most developed roots yet. They're still, they're still learning their way and now they're jumping in the deep end. What, what was it like working on all those titles? Yeah, it was... It was uh, oh, this is, by the way, our game director, Pingwen. Hello, Hello, Pingwen. Hello, hello. <laughs> in a hurry to leave, apparently. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's actually your... You, just now you really, like... Uh, really point out the like the interesting um, thing about VR apart from from what it does in, in, in terms of gameplay and graphics is is that it was new for everybody so just to give you an idea there were like um, the, like everybody started from zero so everybody felt like okay we can we can do this, this is interesting this, this might blow up um, so uh, just to give you an indication when we when we launched the VR, we launched like four or five titles VR titles at the same time, <laughs> yeah, like, is that and just about, oh, I've got a little list here. So that's like Weeping Doll, Pixel Gear, Dying Reborn, uh, Mix It, Ace Banana. Is that like that? I mean, that's a yeah. How many? Yeah, that's five yeah, five that's, different games so, right there. Yeah, that was that was just that was that was insane. Like Mix It never ever came out. It sounds like a it sounds like a name from a long ago past. Uh, but those four games all came out. Um, and uh, yeah, so so I mean, who like where can where does it ever happen that you just get four games thrown at you and like okay just let's because uh, they were all they were all more or less uh, uh, releasing for the launch, which which for um, uh, for us was a great uh, how do you say it was a great chance to get some exposure because okay launch games uh, uh, promotion etc. So yeah, that was that was very. Uh, that was that was a very strange time. I had this. I'm sorry. I have this memory, or I have this. I remember that we we organized like a press tour in the U.S. and in uh, England at the time, um, and uh, the the press tour, the media. Sorry, it was not a tour, but it was like a like a bunch of media came together to play the game, and we did it in New York, where we had this book, this suite, and I just spent like. Eight hours showing off four VR games, um, which um, which does something with the human brain. Because I also had like a jet lag, yeah. and I remember like <laughs> having never been to New York before, which is also something of a, of it's a, a big place, scary there. place. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you've seen so many movies. It means that's such a so almost a mythical place if you're not from there. And so eight hours of like um, eight hours of like uh, how do you say that um, VR games, uh, and then running for a meeting at night over Times Avenue, never forget. <laughs> that was like a dream. 
Through the days. But still really, really cool. And I guess, yeah, how many people can say that they've been involved in that many games launching simultaneously? It doesn't, yeah, as you mentioned, it doesn't really yeah. happen. It, it, it doesn't. So it was a very interesting time. Like you need you need to have the new hardware. You need to have like uh, a very sort of vibrant development scene where everybody's like, we're gonna we're gonna make this VR because it was it's very big in China then. Like a lot of studios, big and small, they were all sort of like let's let's give this a try. Uh, and then also have like actually the teams and the people with the uh, technological background uh, uh, and and some investment perhaps. Uh, to actually do this at the same time, that's, that's, I don't think there's a lot of places which could have done this. And then we were like, okay, we're basically now the, uh, one of the few publishers who can do this, like release on PlayStation in the US and yeah. Europe. Um, so let's 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 do this. Yeah, it was very uh, very interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a great opportunity, if nothing else. As, as you mentioned, I guess it's something I didn't think of too much when I actually asked the question is, yeah, everyone else was in the same boat. Like everyone was starting from square one for the most part. Yeah. So... It was an opportunity. There was no, I guess, in a sense, there was no playing catch up to what the rest of the world has been doing. Despite the fact that we're a, a new region of the world, it's you're actually starting at the same point everyone else was. So it's an exciting opportunity. Yeah, which is, which is the great difference. I mean, if you if you look at a lot of like the more famous like software houses development and stuff, I mean, they've been around for a long time. Doesn't necessarily say anything, but it does in a way, right? Because you have like yeah. all the experience, you have the games, you have the nail there, uh, and that's different in new in new uh, in new regions of gaming, uh, for example, in China. So then with VR, it was like like okay, let's uh, uh, let's do this. Mm. Yeah, we can learn together. Mm. So another another interesting note. Uh, I've got some. I guess titles that might be for for the Western audience a little more familiar to people. Uh, you had a little hand in Shenmue Three to a capacity, is that right? Oh yeah. So we um, we we basically we work together with um, uh, with the with the with the publisher Deep Silver, uh, as well as with uh, Mr. Suzuki to uh, prepare like the Asian version of the game, yeah. uh, as well as the Chinese version of the game. So. Asian version, like basically like the rest of the world, and the Chinese version, you have to get all the, uh, you have to go through the uh, approval uh, system. Uh, yeah, so that was that was a very interesting, uh, uh, I think that was a very interesting uh, process uh, and big title to work. Yeah, yeah, process. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and um, uh, sadly, it never, never in the, in the end, it never released in China because uh, that was sort of our main main market, so that was too bad. But uh, yeah, the Asian version still came out. It was pretty. So what I guess we, we've waded into that process a little bit. What what is that process like? That I guess that is different to what we see in other parts of the world. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you just you 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 they they check the game out, and there's some stuff which uh, you need to change, and then you change it, and then you send it again, and then it goes through like a, like sort of like a few iterations, uh, and then eventually you get it. okay. What sort of things are they looking for there that is different to say what might be things get uh, flagged when you're sending to so you're submitting to Sony or Xbox for? Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So some stuff is exactly the same. Like if it's too violent or too gory, it's not gonna work. Yeah. Um, and then there's there's more specific stuff like more political or yeah, right. um, 
yeah, that sort of stuff. So that's obviously not an issue, uh, if, for example, for the TRC checks, but it's, that's here. So that's it's sort of a sort of a mixed bag of stuff that you need to need to need to adhere to, um, and which you also sort of learn while you go through. Yeah, okay, that, that makes that makes more sense because yeah, I was for a moment thinking, well, how, how's that much different to the standard cert process, for example? But okay, that that clarifies all. Yeah, that. yeah. It, it is, and it is, and it it isn't. So it's sort of a mixed uh, mixed bag. Yeah. yeah, okay. And who knows? There's things that may not get picked up through cert that get picked up through this process, and I guess there's there's positives, I suppose. Hmm. Um, Another title again that people in the West might be more familiar with as well. Uh, Monkey King Hero is back. Is a is a game you were involved with a little bit as well. Yes. Yeah, so we we basically we did like the PC port for like there was a there was some there was like a there was like a um, sort of like a, a a combined investment of like a few parties. So there was like Sony on the one end. Then there was like uh, October the animation studio behind the. Uh, behind the movie, um, Monkey King Heroes Back, uh, and then there was us, and then uh, we basically, so I, I was, I did like project management for the for the PC port, so yep. the, the one that came was in Manning, so, yeah, yeah. And that, that was a cool one to be involved with, because obviously that, that leans into a lot of kind of, chi- I mean, like Chinese stories and history and those sorts of things. Um, what was that like to be involved with in that, through, like through that lens? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of it was fun because the the movie is was really good, like the, the animation movie. Like, I really uh, really enjoyed it. Um, the the game, like, there was some there was some delays in the in the in the how is it in the production. Uh, so we had to sort of like uh, be a bit more flexible because of, um, to 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 get it out there. So it, it took it took a bit longer than we than we had hoped for. Um, and also some, yeah, just just delays, not not necessarily from software side, but just from all, all sides. Uh, and then eventually uh, it came out. Yeah, it was pretty pretty fun game. The, uh, yeah, I gave it a go and enjoyed it. Oh, you played it, yeah? Yeah, I've I've given it a go, and yeah, I I quite enjoyed myself. Yeah, it was. I thought it was a pretty fun game. It wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't really popular in China for some reason. Okay. I think a lot of players were. I think a lot of players were. Hoping to get something, so you know the you know the, the really cool like one cent, uh, one of the really big titles that has been uh, um, how do you say that has been shown around the last two years from China, which is the uh, I think in English it's called Black. Oh, Black um, yeah, the name escapes me. Yes, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, I wish I could also say it in Chinese, but in Chinese I also forget the title the whole time. But it's like the Monkey King, but it's like very dark, so it's very gritty. Yeah. Uh, the trailer, I think the trailer in one day had like, I don't know how many million views. Yeah, I think I was I was one of those because I think it just randomly popped up in my feed and I was awestruck by it. Look, it, I mean, nah, it's, it's just, just trailers, it's but it's yeah, it's just everything. It's like setting style, and I I I think what like what Monkey King was was more of a. I wouldn't say a kitty game, but it it was closer to like Spyro than it was to like God of War uh, yeah. in terms of if you if you if I can put on those polls. And I think that wasn't really picked up as much. Like people had very high expectations from it. Um, and oh, and I found the found the name by the way, Black Myth Wukong. Ah, Black Myth Wukong, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a game that I yeah, so, so, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't bad, but that's, uh, <laughs> that's how it goes. So how did the... So from from there, and obviously you've worked on a host of different games, VR, the kind of more traditional, quote-unquote traditional uh, style of games, and then you've moved over to Thinking Stars. How did that opportunity first emerge? As you mentioned, you've been there for a, for a few years now, but how did that opportunity first emerge for you? Yeah, we at at um, at the time, the like when I was at my previous at the previous company Oasis, uh, we had some we had some we worked together with with Thinking Stars at the time for another game, which is a space shooter uh, game. Uh, so I got to know the guys here pretty well, um, and then you get in touch here, like, hey, what's your plans in the future, etc. And then again, one thing led to another. Uh, and my previous job, previous publishing, decided to sort of tone down on uh, console publishing, to focus more on uh, on like the mobile stuff and the basically the branches that make money. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. And then for me, it was a choice. Like I, I literally, I think the only mobile game I ever played was inside, but that's because I just wanted to see how it looked on my phone as opposed to on my PlayStation. So I. No, I, I don't play any of those uh, uh, of those games just just by habit. Um, so then these guys were like doing stuff on on, on PC. Uh, it was the development side, which um, um, the thing is with publishing, if you do it for a while, like you're always doing somebody else's stuff, which is which is great and fine. If you're successful, uh, that's awesome because then it's also your thing. Uh, but like we, we weren't like we, we did alright release a lot of games but it wasn't it wasn't like there were like no big hits or something uh, uh, something like this so at one point you're like sort of okay again somebody else's stuff and it's like it can be doesn't really take off too 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 well so you sort of get this urge like mm, maybe maybe I would like to look at it from another side once and then and then thinking stars basically uh, appeared on the road and it was an opportunity you couldn't pass up at that point I guess. Yeah, so, uh, so that was cool. Uh, and then uh, there's a thing that like they were working on. A, like I, uh, a lot of things came together in the game because it's like it's pixels, which I which I like a lot, just just as an art style. Then there's cyberpunk, which I absolutely adore. Like from later on, that's like in my top five of movies. Um, and then they did they did they did weird stuff. They were like 2D characters who walked around in 3D. I've never seen. I mean, I'd seen it before in like Paper Mario and stuff, but never like this. And I was like, "Wow, what, what are these people doing? <laughs> How are they doing this? I want to know more." So that was really cool. That was one of the biggest uh, impetuses, so to speak. Yeah, I must say, like that that perspective, that that kind of 2.5D sort of perspective that the game implements is something that really struck me. I really, really enjoyed what I'd seen from some of the trailers so far. But that was more like in the lead up to the launch, but that was more as a tonal piece. And I had like that cyberpunk setting and those sort of things. And I'd somehow missed that depth, I guess, that, uh, to the actual yeah, gameplay. And, and when I played it for the first time, it's like, holy crap, like how did I not know about this? This is awesome. Oh, I know what you mean. You mean depth is in that you could actually walk yeah, like the, the... Yeah, kind of move yeah, like the action. Yeah, it's totally interesting, like, which is because every time we made a trailer, we're like, okay, we need to emphasize on this because people, because every time we did something, people would be like, okay, that's a cool side squad. And, and it's true because part of the game is side right? It is, yeah. Half the game. Yeah, but then it's also not. Uh, it's funny, I remember this dude on Twitter who were like, he recorded him his first, like, 10 seconds or 20 seconds in the game. 
And then he thought it was a side scroller too. So I was in the in the in the bedroom, and then he walked into the bed, and he just flipped. <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing ever. No, that's that's awesome, and yeah, something that I guess I probably had a similarish sort of reaction. I guess it's it's documented on YouTube, so I'm sure like people can go check it out. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen it actually. It was pretty pretty cool. The, the, so, like the first section of the game that you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was I was thoroughly enjoying myself there, and have continued well beyond that point now, and been thoroughly enjoying my time with the game. So cool. the game itself, as as we wade deeper into it, you and I were talking um, post post launch that there was a I guess within the local market uh, an interesting sort of reception to the game initially, and that actually ended up creating a bit of work, uh, additional work for you and the team. Are you able to expand a little bit upon what? what that feedback was yeah, that you so received and how you respond to it. Yeah, so it's not just like, it's not just in the, in the local market. I guess it sort of goes all the way, but it's um, uh, at, the, at the start, like more more local players bought the game, so you get more feedback, of, obviously, from uh, from that direction. And uh, they obviously like a lot of stuff about the game, but they had some gripes about the, about the ending uh, of the game, which, uh, to be honest, um, for our first game, um, like the story part is not, it's, 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 it's cool when we, we did our best, uh, but it's, it's difficult and it's, you're also in a timeline that, uh, sorry, in a, in a, in a, in a deadline uh, or you're not in a deadline, but you have a deadline for yep. it. Um, or it's, it sort of felt like we're in the deadline, <laughs> if I think about it. The deadline but, is always um, there. Oh man. Um, so, so in the end we had to make some choices, the custom stuff. Uh, and then one of the feedbacks was like, okay, it's, the ending, I, I, won't, I won't spoil anything, but we just wish there was a little bit more or like something else, etc. And so we took a good look at those, uh, all the feedback, by the way, not just the storyline, but yeah. all, the, all the, like, the bugs and everything. And, and the bug fixing and the patches, we do that on a weekly basis. But for the ending part, you need to change the flow of the game. And you need to have new cutscenes and a whole, a whole um, series of things. Uh, and we decided, okay, let's 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 just do that. Let's just we still have some uh, some. Uh, uh, I said it. We, the team is still willing to to keep on working on the game, and we can uh, we can do some cool stuff still at the end, even though the game is released. Uh, so that's basically going to be like a uh, like a sort of a free. It's not not so much post game DLC, but it's more or less like okay, this was the ending before. Now you can actually do this and this and this and that, and then players who already play, finish the game, they can actually just switch. They can just use their own save to skip to the part. The new players will just have like a like a new sort of uh, um, conclusion. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's what we're working on right now, which we're actually almost finished uh, with. As it's uh, it's gonna be released uh, pretty pretty soon. No, that's that's fantastic. The original launch wasn't that long ago, so to have been able to turn this around in such a short space of time. I guess massive applause to you and the team. A few late nights, I presume. Yeah, it's like a lot of a lot of, a lot of the, the workload went on our on our lead artist uh, John Jam because he uh, like the cutscenes. Cutscenes with pixels is like a whole new dimension, right? Because it's not models, so uh, you need to you need to basically hand draw a lot of stuff. You have some ways to do it, but still, there was there was a lot of work, and then. Uh, Changing the flow a bit, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been just, it's been literally just a month and two days. It feels like five months, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing our best. We're doing our best. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, people will uh, will enjoy it. Mm. 
And for you personally, now now that the game's actually out there, and again, you've spoken about how for you individually it ticks so many boxes, that cyberpunk set, uh, that tone and that cyberpunk look and feel. What's it like for you now that the game is actually out there? So setting, setting aside that initial feedback and those sort of things that you're kind of addressing as a team at the moment, but for you personally, what's what's it been like to have come out the other side of working on a game that, I guess, speaks to you in so many different ways? Yeah, wow, that's that's that's, that's a good one. It's 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 more difficult than I'd ever imagined, but it's also more fun than I'd ever imagined. So it's sort of like difficult. It's like all all sorts of levels of difficulty and just uh, just getting getting do stuff, workload. Uh, 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 how do you say that? Trying to make sure that like what you hope, what you think is best for the game, to actually realize this. Because uh, we have a pretty, we have a we have a pretty relaxed sort of open environment here. Uh, everybody can have a say, and everybody can has a good idea. Then uh, then let's do it. Uh, but that also makes for a lot of stubborn people <laughs> who need to convince each other to get something done, which is which is cool, and which which actually produces a lot of cool stuff. But it can also be pretty tired. Uh, and then there's just a uh, and there's just the nuts and bolts of, of like making a game like just the most like from from all sides from localization to uh, uh, how do you say that to to getting to getting the NPCs in the right place at the right time like one of the things it's just a detail but like one of the things for me which is super important is that the that the the, the non-important NPCs so just those people on the street that you see. That they change as the game progress changes. This is a very right. simple thing. It's nothing new, uh, but it gives you a sense of time. It gives you like, oh, now it used to be this guy, and I'm dead, and it's fun, and it's like, okay, day has passed. Uh, but then stuff, even stuff is dead. If you're doing a game like this for the first time, um, and you realize that, oh, we didn't really set that up really well to change like the flow over time for NPCs. So we had found a way, but it was sort of a workaround, which was kind of pretty much a headache. You need to test a lot. Um, yeah, just that sort of stuff. It's just, it's just your, your, <laughs> like you, at one point you're like asking yourself, like, why am I still doing this? <laughs> Skip it. Uh, but then when it happens and you, you see that and you see people like go into the game and actually go to every single NPC, you're like, I just did God's work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're at a different point in their lives. It's a, it's an exciting thing to kind of see how things are evolving around you outside of what it is that you're doing. I must say, if we reference a certain high profile cyberpunk game, one of the main points of criticism is that the people, like you know, there's people being pulled over by the cops, and they're still there twenty hours further into the game. Like it's, you know, that that does break it's, the immersion somewhat. So it's important to have those sorts of things. It's, I mean, it's all about that, right? Like no matter if you do it with the, the simplest of, of games in between brackets, or just like a very, yeah. uh, how you do it with one of the most complex games uh, that you talk about. No matter how you do it, if you, if you. Sincere is not the right word here, but it's more like if you if you if you do it, then you need to absolutely make sure that you finish it because this is what people expect. This is what I expect. Like I, one of I guess one of the one of the advantages that I had, <laughs> apart from all the disadvantages coming new to game development, was that I mean I I, I totally look like a player uh, yeah. when I when I do the game. Like everything I'm like oh, I don't like it. that's stupid oh that's dumb. Uh, and then after two years, you're like, it's done, but never mind, uh, right? Because you're immersed up. But especially at the beginning, I was like, oh man, we can't do it like this. Oh, and you have like you bring this this sort of player perspective in there, um, and and that's so important. Mm. Was that a bit of a challenge? I mean, not, again, I thought, like, 
important, sorry. Yeah. There's obviously that fair perspective. And then for you, there's that, again, that investment in the that tone and that genre, that cyberpunk sort of setting. Was it hard for you to be able to switch in and out of fan mode and I guess the different sorts of ways that you might critique your own work? Or even curbing your own enthusiasm as well, because there's, you know, like if you're so invested in this thing and it's it ticks so many of your personal boxes, like how do I like how do I stop myself? Because I just want to keep working and going and going and going because I just love what I'm doing or I love this world that we're creating. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's an interesting like if you put it like that, that's a very very interesting point. Like I, I remember at the start when you just start out doing stuff, it, it's not your title, even though you're here and it's, it has, you're, yeah, you're the new guy and then the, uh, hey, you just also come from a different background. So you just feel like you're like more of, a, of a, 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 a player or a fan who comes by and gives some like QA and then you start doing stuff and then you start doing more stuff. And then, um, I mean, a good example is our, our lead artist, Zhang Zhen, who's very creative, a very talented person. Um, and then at one point, like at the beginning, he did a lot of story, and then I sort of jumped in as well to, to help out with the story in part. And then in the beginning, you're just happy that he did everything that he did. <laughs> and then when you go down the line, you're like, we really should take a left turn instead of a right turn. And then he's like, okay, why? And then, well, look, just look at this. And then, then when that, like, I mean, this is countless meetings, countless arguments. Uh, the finding the middle way, uh, <laughs> slamming doors, uh, buying each other meals, whatever. And then at one point, you should, yeah, it's a really interesting thing. You just sort of morph into it at one point, and then then all of a sudden it's like you're just you're just there. I, I mean, I guess now I make it sound more more mysterious or whatever. I guess it goes for most things like this. But maybe with the creative stuff, it's it's something of a it's it's, it's a little bit different because there's so much of yourself in there. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in a game, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's, t- I mean, there's the obvious things, time and money and those sorts of things, but there is everyone injecting a little mm. bit their own human wants and needs and desires and what makes them happy and excited about games. Like that's all, that's all in there. So you're right. Like that, you leave a little imprint of yourself on these things, and it's, it's a really, really cool aspect of it. And helps with that yes. investment. Mm. Moving on beyond Anno and Thinking uh, Thinky Stars, like we, we've obviously touched on the Chinese market a little bit, um, that it's it's growing and the development scene is growing. As as someone who's obviously experienced games outside of China in the first place, you know uh, Holland early early on. What do you see? And that, but now in the development scene in China, what do you see going on around you? Like, where, where are things at? How are things shaping up? I think there's, like, um, we hear little bits and pieces outside, and I think there's there's great initi- initiatives like the China Hero Project, for example, that is is doing a great job of spotlighting several of these titles, um, such as such as your own, obviously. But you know, are, there, are there lots of others that are just coming out and not really being noticed or they're not getting they're not getting picked up in the right ways that they then make their way to the west like what, what do you see as you look around yeah it's like it's it's sort of it's a very interesting uh it's a very interesting group of or it's a very interesting situation like there there's there's obviously like uh, we, we, i touched a bit uh, upon that earlier uh, you're further away uh, people has, has have different things uh, associations, uh, usually it, 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 it's made 
in, in China, not created in China, if you want to make that yeah. uh, distinction. Yeah. Uh, and then there's obviously mobile markets and everything is bigger. And even in China, if I tell like my friends, who, or not my friends, but people who don't know me, if I tell them I'm in gaming, then nobody would say like, uh, okay, what kind of, they would assume it's mobile gaming, because this is the biggest, that's the the biggest players here. Yeah, so that's, that's very interesting. And then, um, um, like, some titles, like uh, we just talked about the, the Black, um, what was it again, <laughs> Black Mint. Oh, yeah, uh, Black Mint, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this game is ex- uh, absolutely exploded, but also uh, uh, another title from the, which is also a, hero, a China Hero Project title, the uh, Last Soul Sight, the Devil May Cry's uh, title, which was also just sort of like, just completely exploded. And then there are titles which, which, um, uh, which are which are harder to get out there, uh, and that's just I think this is a process that has to do with with time, with people getting more experience, with with the world getting more experience. <laughs> so like oh, there's also cool games coming coming from this side of the world, and oh, they also they also do this sort of stuff. And like we, uh, to be honest, like a lot of times I have people messaging me and like assuming that we're like Japanese, which is very interesting. Okay. Yeah, I totally understand this because it's like it's, it's Japanese and, and uh, we have a lot of like our, our, our lead artists and, and uh, also uh, before some, some other people played a role. They're, they're big fans of anime. You can definitely see that in the, in the game as well. Um, so that's not, that's not a weird conclusion, but it's, it also reflects a little bit like what people expect, so to speak. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. Uh, it's exciting times. It's like, like, Titles from like uh, uh, Fist, the, the the Metroidvania with with yeah, with, fantastic uh, title that one. I loved it. I mean, this is this is very interesting games. Very like like oh, like just from from one or two uh, glances, you see like wow, this this got my attention. And it's like Project Boundary, which is like it's a space shooter, which is just looks. I'm not sure if you if you oh you're you're um, I guess Australia is close enough. Yeah, and we like the the, the blast, the pe- press blast from now uh, from time to time, and of course, like, I mean, I right, right, chat right. Um, chat with the the folks at China Hero Project as well, so you kind of get the email blast from them that's talking about right, 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 right. the next thing or yeah. whatever it happens to be. So, so that's really cool stuff, and there's like there's like some uh, there's also there's also some indie games which are which are like uh, which are very heavy on like like narrative, like like just very sort of smaller experiences um, coming from China, which are, which are absolute gems. They're like, they're like really interesting, very, very innovative, uh, 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 how do you say that? Interplay between adventure games, puzzle games and stuff. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a huge place, right? So it kind of makes sense. There's a lot of stuff coming out now. Uh, so that's, and then, then Anno uh, hopefully also can contribute to, uh, uh, to this sort of more, uh, how do you say that? more diverse uh, scene here. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, absolutely. There's there's a broadening market. There's lots of opportunities in that space and it's really exciting, I guess, to continue to see what comes next. And yeah, there's cool programs like, for example, the China Hero Project that are doing great things in terms of spotlighting titles and ensuring that they they get seen by these audiences. And to your point, I guess, where people were assuming that, oh, you must be a Japanese team. It, it breaks down some barriers, which is also fantastic. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, um, and um, 
What was I going to say just now? Yeah, no. So, so stuff like this, like a Sony Sony project, is really important because they uh, they're like the the big the big one out there, and then to have them like endorse you uh, and think it's like, hey, guys, look at this. It's very interesting and it's it's very positive and it's very uh, um, yeah, it really brings you out there. So it's very hard to do on your own. Uh, so that's yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you've obviously got those. You then get uh, like uh, Pix Pill, for example, with Eastwood that came out. Was that last year now? I don't know. The pandemic's done a number on oh, my timeline, but yeah, like yeah, no, Eastwood is insane. It's, it's just like holy, like it's <laughs> it's just a gem of a game, uh, and and did really well. So that's really cool to see. Like in in a sense, in a sense, it's like if if. Uh, I'm not sure how this will sound, but like if one Chinese game does well, we all do well in, yeah, in a no, way. That makes sense. Rising tide lifts all boats. People like, oh, okay, what's what more is there out there? Like, okay, this is cool. We didn't know that these games. Uh, what are they doing here? And it's very creative, very interesting. Whether it's pixel or Unreal or whatever stuff going out there. So that's um, yeah, that's 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 basically very exciting. Yeah, and Eastward really really went out there. It was like uh, I think they were they were published by. Um, Chucklefish, something, yeah, Chucklefish. So Chucklefish, like I remember Chucklefish from. Did they do like Punch Club? Oh. Or is that another? Yeah, I couldn't tell you, off the top of my head. Yeah, no, I just I know them from a very good other game, and then have them like. Um, I mean, they've, they've done things like Starbound, um, Risk of Rain, Stardew Valley. In, in terms of oh, their right. publishing, okay. yes. like they've so got just games every <laughs> every multi super selling pixel game out there. Yes, so exactly. it's really, yeah, that's really good. And then also also to get like games that are strong on narrative that have this sort of emotional thing that has really cool aesthetic style. Because um, these were, I mean, it's been in development for for a long time. Um, so yeah, basically this person who really believes in his own projects keeps going at it, keeps doing it. Uh, like I don't know the person my, my, myself, uh, but I heard some stuff, and it's just it's just amazing, like the the, the game that comes out. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very it's very uh, it's very fun. It's very interesting to see where it's going. Mm. And, yeah, and I mentioned like exciting for you as uh, being a part of that as the, as the scene continues to grow and expand around you. For you to be right in the midst of that with with what you've just obviously done with Anno and. And whatever else is to come next, like these, these are really exciting times to be a part of. I'm sure. Yeah. So, we've touched on kind of uh, some of the the, the Chinese, um, obviously, like the process you have to go through in that in that side. But obviously, there is again with you know, the scene is growing. Is there much of an investment? like external to whatever the team puts in like is there uh, do we have governing bodies that are throwing a bit of money in there to help boost the uh, the exposure or whatever or is it really down to being seen by you know a china hero project and the sony and those sort of external partners that are able to help out yeah it's like i i, I mean one of the things um because um, we released the game in sort of a busy period uh like march was just was just Crazy. pretty pretty insane. But then March was also it was also um, how how do I put this? Uh, like we underestimated we underestimated what exactly is Elden Ring <laughs> because you're like Elden Ring okay they released last month but that that never stopped. <laughs> Elden Ring did maybe it stopped now but I don't think it actually stopped. I'm a huge Souls fan by the way so super super awesome. Uh, but that 
that like that so much like the game was huge and everybody super liked it and so it got a lot of attention and, and rightly so but that was just that also that was also March it wasn't just like um, the, and the Final Fantasy and May and all the way through to December I'm sure at this point yeah uh, so so there was there was that was the thing. Like we have one thing which was cool is that we we really started early with sort of trying to get out there with the community, with like Twitter, uh, we have like a Discord. I mean, it's all it's like we, we just do it. We sort of do it, learn it as we go. Uh, but there was there was a, sorry there was a big advantage in the sense that we that we could really. Um, um, it wasn't like okay uh, two weeks before lunch like okay lunch trader check it out it's cyberpunk it you was like people were really like, exactly yeah and then we i remember it kind of started with um uh when we had when when we had uh, when we were invited by the by the game award show to do like a demo for the steam uh, for their tga's steam oh, demo yeah, festival. yeah so that was that was like this two two and a half years ago now, roughly um so when uh, when t off I forgot his last name. It's not that I know him personally, but the guy that's even night. What was that? Sorry. Yeah, the, the guy. Oh, no, the, the guy, guy organized. Jeff Keeley. Yeah, yeah. So he reached. <coughs> he uh, he reached out and he was like, "Hey, you guys want to do this demo? Because we think the game looks fine." And we're like, "Oh boy, do it!" Uh, of course, then we had to finish the demo in like a month, which <laughs> <laughs> we were which we were not prepared for, which which helped us a lot in sort of setting the direction and also like having. Having, um, having the game out there, having people notice it, um, and then uh, we could sort of build on top of this. Mm. No, that's that's fantastic and an awesome opportunity. And it, it must be, I must say, it's something that I feel like I've noticed Jeff and the game was doing a lot more of is is looking for these opportunities, whether it's demo events like that or even just the the games that they do debut in their trailers or whatever. Like they're giving spotlights to. Chinese developed games, which is which is fantastic. Um, again, breaking down those um, assumptions that people make that again, you know, this game's from Japan or you know whatever. Like people are like, oh, well, actually, no, China's doing this and China's doing that, and similar, obviously, story for other regions around the world as well. We've seen games from Indonesia pop up and and other parts of the world that typically, for one reason or another, haven't really been involved in the game development scene or haven't actually been given the spotlight before. Actually, starting to get yeah, it's fantastic. It's, uh, it's yeah, no, that's that. I mean, it's a combination of things, right? Like it's like I can sort of, in in a sense, like I never worked in the game industry outside of China, yeah. Uh, so I don't have that perspective, but I'm I am like a Western gamer, so in brackets. Uh, so I I can sort of imagine both sides, but that I've been working here for for more than 10, 10 years now. Uh, so I can see it's 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 like a sort of a, it's a sort of a constellation. It's like people getting more aware. Uh, uh, people in 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 regions such as, for example, Indonesia or or or, or China, or whatever, uh, and doing doing stuff with those um, doing stuff which is just really different and really cool, uh, stuff like coffee talk or uh, or what have you. It's just it's, you're just like wow, okay. Um, I mean, it's still it's still about the game, right? People ask about the game before they ask about where it's from, but it's cool too. It sort of elevates everybody, which is which is a very uh, yeah. very good, very healthy uh, phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned before, kind of the rising tide that lifts all boats. It's a it's a great opportunity that everyone's everyone's hopefully ready to cash in on cash on in on in terms of exposure, not just dollars and cents. Um, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. 
So as we start to wind things down, is there anyone out there who's really inspired you in the way you go about your work now that you're actually in the development scene? Wow. Uh, but it's someone yeah, you, you work mean alongside or look at from afar even? Oh, yeah. So there's like, there's like, there's, there's like working just now you saw, saw the uh, director Penguin and as well as the, the lead artist John Jen. It's like, you, I mean, we're like, they're Chinese, I'm not. Um, Right, so there's always in beginnings. I was like, how's it going to work? And I've had experience in China, but okay, there's all the culture and stuff. But then you realize that on some very elemental stuff, you really like click together, yeah. uh, and that, that you work together very well too. That even if you like, if you have disagreements, uh, or like, how do you say that, <laughs> throwing around joysticks, then you you all do it for the love of the game. Uh, and if you can share that with people, then it's then it's a pleasure and also a very inspiration to to work together. If you have the same goal, um, yeah. and you still want to make a good game. So that's uh, that that has been very uh, very inspiring and very uh, uh, very cool. If we talk about like a direct uh, direct yeah. environment kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Is there anyone you've looked at external to the company that you look at from afar that you're really kind of inspired by and what what they've done or do? Well, one person who I think a lot about, uh, even though I never played Death Stranding, oh, <laughs> is, 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 is Kojima, and that's that's more like um, like a part. Like I don't need to put, uh, everybody like most famous, etc., uh, etc. Et so I don't need to say to talk much about this. But it's sort of like one one game that was a game changer for me was the first Metal Gear, uh, just in terms of the of the of the like blurring the lines between games and movies uh, of having this this eye not only for detail and then and then some but also for like for like music for like great narratives for yeah. like uh, if we talk about the second part about breaking the fourth wall doing this really weird stuff that I've never really or even the first one with like the, the, the code on the disc on the on the box yeah or that's what taking stuff. the controller out and putting it in the second slot all those sort of crazy things and that sort of stuff, it's like, it's no matter if it's games or, for example, I'm a, I'm like a football fan myself, right? Uh, and every, every, uh, every generation is like one or two footballers who do stuff where you're like, I didn't even know that was allowed. <laughs> I didn't even know, like, I didn't even, like, I could, if you, if you gave me like a hundred years, I'm not talking about copying them, right? But just thinking about the possibility, I would never think about that. Let's just work uh, on another level. Stuff, it's it's just it's it's mind breaking. It, it it always moves me a lot, it, and it's very inspiring uh, for me. And that's that's also a thing. Like I, I I'm not <laughs> I'm not making an argument to put us on the level of uh, of Kojima, of course. But I'm saying it's just, just doing new stuff and uh, doing it very sincerely, doing it very 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 like we're gonna take this very seriously and we're gonna finish it. Uh, that's that's in in that sense that was very inspiring. Mm. No, he's a fantastic choice. Uh, a few little light ones as we wrap things up. If there's any uh -huh. game that's ever existed that you could retroactively add your name into the credits to, so just in some small way have been responsible for, even if it's just a simple um, special thanks or something in the credits, what game would you have loved to have been involved in? It's very open-ended one, I guess. Wow. Oh, I know. Uh, what remains of Edith Finch? Not the first time that game's come up. Uh, yeah, no, they just like 
Like whatever you think about the game or about the type of games or something, they did some stuff in a game that I like again that I've never seen before. Uh, and to be honest, the same goes for Virginia, but it's on a, on a different sort of level. Virginia's uh, if 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 Virginia is like David Lynch, then Edith Finch is more like a, like a more some something of a more traditional director with a more gripping. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I would, I would like. I remember playing that game the first time, and especially the chapter about, uh, like, I don't want to spoil anything, but just the, the chapter about the, the brother Lewis who works in the factory. With the, with yes, the... yes, I remember that one. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a, that's a time we won't, we won't spoil that. <laughs> yeah, 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 I won't say more and more. But that would, that just also opened my eyes. Like, I, I was already, yeah, I was already doing game publishing. I was like, I, I, I suspected this. Could do this in a game i just didn't know <laughs> already did it right so that was yeah that would be that would have been uh, that would have been a fact on that list yeah and if you could go back and replay any games so just strike the game from your memory and get to replay it for the first time to experience hopefully all those feelings you got to have the first time you ever played it what game would you pick oh definitely metal gear one for a lot of the reasons uh, so that we've already discussed. Yeah, yeah, no, if I, if I, because I remember so well the first time I played it when I was like uh, 15, uh, around that time, yeah. And I remember just, just playing through that, like <laughs> one of those non-stop experiences where you just play for days and days in a row. And you basically just, probably just took me like three to four days, but it feels like I was in that game for like three, three months or something. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a... Uh, there was a uh, there was a good another game which which had this on a very different level had this had this impact on me was like Jet Set Radio. Oh yeah, if I no, could, that's like, done that for a lot yeah. of people. That was that was also like that 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 feeling and that that combination of like like Tokyo uh, and then and then social graphics and like the music. Uh, yeah, it's like yeah, my level. No, two fantastic choices um, there. Hmm. Well, Martha, thank you very much for coming on the show and sharing this journey so far. You've been doing some amazing yes. things. The team has been doing some incredible things, and I'm really excited to see what comes for, for both you and the, the team in the future. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing this journey so far. Yes, thank you. It was really fun. Uh, if people uh, want to learn more about Anno, where should they go? The game is available now. But where should people go? Yeah, you can check it out on, uh, on Steam, uh, on PlayStation, PlayStation 4 and uh, 5. Uh, and you can also check us out, for example, on Twitter, where we do a lot of updates. And, uh, yep. Yeah. That's fantastic. Again, thank you very much for coming on the, share, uh, on the show and sharing this journey so far. I really appreciate it. Same here. Okay. Thank and you, listeners, As always, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time. That concludes this entry of Dev Diary. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share with your friends, and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you'd like me to reach out to an interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until our next episode, however, that's been Martho's story. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.